Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to amplify the voices of those women whose story is moving and meaningful and compelling. I'm super excited today to introduce to you Hillary Benden. Hillary, welcome to the show. Thank you, Susan. I really am excited to be here today. Awesome. Well, you're one of these guests that I had not known prior, and so I too am excited to learn a little bit about yourself. So why don't you tell us? Well, uh, okay, that's a big ask, but (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But, um, you know, work-wise, I work in the field of conflict resolution in the workplace. I help people, uh, employees, leaders, et cetera, within a business or corporation or even nonprofit, help to resolve issues that cause problems, decrease productivity, um, impact employee morale, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Personally, I am a big proponent of travel. I speak a couple of languages and I've traveled um, to different regions of the world. And I just love meeting people where they're at and learning about new people and new cultures. Let me say something. First of all, what you do for a living is so needed, very much needed. So I'd love to learn more about that offline. Um, I have, I think someone I think might need what you do. And secondly, as far as what you love to do personally, that is my favorite thing. That is my passion, global travel, opening my mind, learning how other people live, being curious. Um, This is what we need more of in corporate America, in higher education, in government. If people would engage in that kind of curiosity, we wouldn't have the, you know, uh, racism and bias issues that we have today, I believe. Oh, I totally agree with you. I think if we were more expansive in our understanding of other people, it would change the way our country is. But unfortunately, we're not that way right now, but hopefully we'll get there. (laughs) Hillary, I know where you're going with that, and I'm 100% with you, but (laughs) we'll avoid avoid that easy target um, on this this call. But I'm sister. Um, Let me ask you, in this, what you do for a living or in your career, perhaps, what might have been your professional accomplishment that makes you most proud? Well, I did organizational leadership development for about 25 years in nonprofits, governments, uh, corporations. I was um, both in-house and external as a consultant. And as I said, I did that for about 25 years. And I realized about four years ago that enough was enough, that I didn't enjoy it anymore. And so I wanted to pivot in my career. And so I pivoted to focus on conflict resolution. And in order to prepare myself for that, I went back and got a master's and I gave myself 12 months and I did it in 12 months. So I'm very proud that I was able to do that. And as soon as I finished my um, my course of study, I jumped into consulting and uh, mediating and doing conflict coaching and all those kinds of things in the workplace. So I think my biggest achievement is my successful pivot. 
Nice. I love that. So I went back to school after I had many, many, many years in my career. So I understand the challenges and bravo to you for overcoming them or preventing problems before they even happen. So that's great that you did that. Um, exciting work that you do. Have you studied? I'm sure that, that you have, but any Fisher and Yuri, the getting to yes. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of basic 101. Um, yeah, it's kind of foundational. <laughs> exactly. It, it's so needed in this, you know, landscape and or climate, I should say, that we're in right now where people get into this, you know, positional bargaining or, you know, I'm my way mm -hmm. or the highway versus principled, which is, you know, let's let's understand what's important to the other person's life and, and give merit to the other person's stand. Now, I'll admit that in some cases, it's just at the end of the day, bigotry. But <laughs> in, in, the, in the political landscape, I try to engage a lot in conflict resolution or prevention. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you find yourself doing that too. Can you give me an example of maybe a recent you know, without using client names, but maybe a recent win or a, an engagement? Sure, absolutely. Um, so I have, I had a client, they're still sort of a client, um, but I had a client that was a group of 11 people on a leadership team. And there was some considerable discord. There were, um, let's just say that some people felt discriminated against, some people felt insulted. Some people felt that um, the team was going in the wrong direction, et cetera, et cetera. So I came in and the first thing we did was we were going to do a mediation. But before we did the mediation, I did a small presentation on what it means to be a team. And then we jumped in to the mediation. And it was such a transformational experience for everybody in the room because they were able to put on the table what they had been thinking and feeling and intuiting from one another for five years. I think they'd worked together as a team and we were able to put all the elephants on the table and, and piece them together and figure out what was going on and create some resolution and understanding amongst all the members of the team. Wow, that's sort of like a spiritual rebirth right there. Like <laughs> after five years and they're, they're finally coming to some sort of understanding of one another. That's awesome. That's really difficult to do. Folks, I don't know if you're aware of what is involved in conflict resolution or mediation or any kind of ombudsman position, but it is not easy doing that dance between the two parties or however, sometimes it's many, many parties and being able to help them, you know, find common ground, work from there. And then, you know, in a, in a respectful way, you know, attack policies and not people, right. Or practices and not people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's about looking at people's behaviors, not them as individuals. Right. One of the things, one of the things that's really, um, transformed conflict and dispute resolution is the greater understanding of neuroscience that we have today because we now can understand what is happening physiologically to someone when they go into 
Um, I have to apologize about my dogs. <laughs> no, we love dogs on this show. Listen, this show is real. It's real life. And look, not only have I heard dogs barking in the background, I've heard babies laughing. My cat has jumped oh. on the laptop. No worries. Everybody. I wish babies were <laughs> laughing. It would be better than dogs barking. Oh, but we don't know. Maybe, maybe the dogs are laughing. We don't. Yeah, maybe dogs. they are. We don't know, do we? So what I was saying is that neuroscience is so important in resolving conflict today because we, we have such a much better understanding of what's happening physiologically. So we can use techniques to de-escalate people so that then they can get into their, you know, not to be too technical, but their prefrontal cortex, which is their executive functioning to be able to make better choices. I love that. I love that. You know, neurodiversity is a relatively new uh, discipline or, you know, focus. And I'm so fascinated and passionate, fascinated by and passionate about it. What you do, um, I am very aligned with. Uh, a lot of people out there may not even think that there are people in the world who do this work. I mean, thank goodness for people like you, right? Um, so, I, I'm very fascinated about this and would love to talk with you offline more about what you do. For now, let's have the audience understand a bit more about maybe who inspired you or did you have a mentor or a sponsor? Well, I've been really fortunate that I've had many mentors in my life. Nice. But in terms of um, conflict resolution, there is one person who is just the embodiment. Um, and his name is Ken Cloak. And he and his wife, Joan Goldsmith, and Joan is a leadership guru. <laughs> she wrote a book way back when with Warren Bennis. So she's, wow. she's been involved. Yeah, she's been involved in leadership forever. So the two of them together, Ken and Joan, they have been my mentors in conflict resolution. Joan is a strong woman. She really helps to build women up. And I understand the need for that and how women need to be supported and protected and, and given their strength. And then Ken is just the embodiment of peace. I mean, literally he is, uh, you know, has a soft voice. He, he is integrity personified. He lives what he preaches. And um, the two of them together have been incredible mentors to me in terms of helping me not only to learn the craft of conflict resolution, but also how to build my business as a, a professional. Wow. I, I want friends like that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to um, actually, so I'm very fascinated by all of Venice's work. I'm, uh, my background is in, um, you know, communications theory. So mm -hmm. you obviously study a lot of the great social scientists, but um, yeah, we'll talk more about that too. That's very, very good that you have this core support group and wow, of experts, right? So yes. not just yes. friends who cheer you on, but people who actually, you know, know how to change thoughts, attitudes, and, and even beliefs, perhaps, um, mm -hmm. and ultimately behaviors. That's amazing. Um, well, let me ask you, my, my whole model of business, I don't know that you know all that I do because the podcast is just something I do for a giving, not for a living. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do believe that women should lift other women and support other women. And I see that far too um, few. It's a rare thing, right? So how do you think that we can 
maybe support other women in business, even on a day-to-day basis? Well, I think, you know, once we get to a point where we can be mentors, I think really, you know, being open and being out there and being willing to, to help other women. And even if we're not so far along in our businesses, just being there for one another. Um, I have two very close friends who are both women in business and we meet once a week to support one another, to be account- accountability partners. To, um, oh, that's okay. That's okay. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Okay, so we meet, um, these two women and I, we meet once a week, of course now on Zoom, and also because they're in Montana and Washington State. So we support one another as accountability partners, we mentor each other, we coach each other, and it's just really important to me. I have people who've contacted me, young women, middle-aged women, who for some reason, you know, we have some connection and, and they're moving back to California or they're in California, they've lost a job. And I'm always there to provide support. I think it's so important that we support one another. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that, um, you know, you need to disarm a lot of people to get them to feel, some people, not a lot, but some people, Mm -hmm. They're very fear-based and fear-motivated. They're like, why would I work with someone who competes with me? Or why would I collaborate with another woman when I'm the one who wants that position at the top of the company? Mm. Or, you know, so I work a lot to disarm any and, and, you know, reassure and let people know they don't need to operate out of a place of fear, that we need to come together and collaborate and create more spots at the top for women, not just fight each other for the two that are there, right? So right. I, I love to hear everything you're saying. I can't wait for our offline conversations. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've been tapped, right? <laughs> well, I would love to have a chat with you afterwards. I think it would be very exciting. You bet, you bet. What has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it, Hillary? Well, I think my biggest challenge was I was in a position um, that I really did not enjoy. I had gotten into the situation. I, I was a consultant and then I was offered the position from a client to come in and develop a training department. And when I got there about three months in the CEO changed and the whole organization was falling apart. I had moved my whole life um, to another town and, um, and the job and they just weren't supportive. They, the business could not support the development of a training department because of who was in charge and and what was going on and whatnot. And so I, I did stay there for a year and a half. Um, probably about a year in, I, I realized, you know, this is, this company is going down (laughs) and actually a half, about six months later, they released 60% of the workforce of which I was one. And I was very pleased, (laughs) but I think that was a challenge dealing with that uh, company and with that position And that's when I decided to make my pivot and changed uh, to focus only on conflict. I love that you, you know, that, so win or learn, never, 
lose, right? So mm-hmm. you took the lessons from that and you were able to channel them into what is now your passion and your purpose. So that that's meaningful. Honestly, folks, we didn't used to talk about being fired or let it let go or furloughed or, you know, whatever. I say that's BS. Everybody's been through it. Everybody's had that tough, you know, it, the job wasn't what mm-hmm. they said it would be. Um, I know that a particular position I had, I submitted a letter of resignation three months in. And, you know, <laughs> this was back in the day when people would say, no, you have to stay a year for it to look good on your resume. And I was like, I'm not going to spend a year of my life in misery. Now, <laughs> turns out that I did stay because the people who would not accept my res- res- resignation, they encouraged me to stay and gave me other, you know, opportunities. But it was it was, I was wrong to stay. Like it was not good. So mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you, I gave it a year and a half and then left and was like, Oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> it was a nightmare. But I think I, I know thought- like six, six months after I came out of there, I was like, wow, that was an intense experience. <laughs> Hurricane Katrina right there. <laughs> <laughs> How did exactly. I, I survived, right? So, exactly. Uh, I hear you. And I think the more we openly discuss that we've been through this, the more younger women will feel like I don't have to stay for a year just so it looks good on my resume. I'm not going to be abused or treated poorly or experience bias left and right every day, all day, whatever your case might be. And that gives them the courage to know that there is a, a, a support group, a community of people who uh, have been there, done that, you know, gone through it, lived through it. So let me ask you this. Yeah. This is the part of the show where um, you can do one or the other or both. I ask a surprising fact about you that maybe people who who know you don't even know. And then I'll ask a wild card question. So you don't know the wild card question. You can choose one or the other or both. I'll take door number two. Awesome. Awesome. So today's wild card question, and I'm pulling from a box of 144 questions. Ooh. Oh, this is a great one for you. How do you keep the little things from bothering you? Oh, you know, it's just years of practice. I, um, when I work with my clients, it's funny because in work, I have tons of patients. And when I get home and with my family, not so much. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I, at work, it's really not a problem for me because I detach from other people's problems. And that's one of the skills that I use. Yeah. But at home, you know, it's just really reminding myself of all the things that I try and teach other people. (laughs) Maybe those um, are good reminders that keep you on the toe on your toes at work. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Just remembering, you know, don't, don't make assumptions. Don't assume what people are saying, ask instead of assuming and, and all those kinds of things. You're so amazing. I I have so many ideas in my head right now that we'll talk about offline. But in the meantime, (laughs) if people want to reach you and learn more, how can they do that? They can go to my website at www.hxb as in boy, LLC as in charlie.com. That's hxbllc.com. 
and um, they can reach me. And LLC.com. Okay, I got you. Yeah, well, it's HXB. HXBLLC.com. Correct. And, and if you put Hillary with one L at in front of that, that's how you can email me. <laughs> and I'll put all that, folks, in the um, blogcast that I write. You know that I'll put hot links, hyperlinks, etc. Uh, book recommendations, pictures of Hillary and like, you know, when she, what does she do when she's not working? We want to know the real Hillary. So um, I'll put all, <laughs> the world wants to know. I know I do for sure. I'm super excited about our offline conversation. You have been delightful and fun and real, and that's always refreshing. So thank you for being here today, Hillary. Thank you so much, Susan, for the opportunity. You bet. And stay tuned, folks, because we'll have this up and out in probably a week. Um, I'll put it on the website, then I'll share it to social media, and then, Hillary, you can tag and, and share it to your uh, network as well. Thank you so much, everyone.